The Caesars and the Apocalypse, The Second Seal. Pax Romana, Latin for Roman peace, is a phrase describing the 200-year period in Roman history from the ascension of Augustus in 27 BC until the death of Marcus Aurelius, the last of the so-called Five Good Emperors, in AD 180. It was remarkable as a period of relative peace and order, which saw general prosperity through the acceptance of Roman hegemonial authority and adoption of Roman law in the expanding frontiers, despite several revolts and wars. During Pax Romana, the empire achieved its greatest territorial extent, and its population reached a maximum of up to 70 million people. The murderous frenzy of the reign of Commodus brought the Pax to an end. This was followed by the so-called crisis of the 3rd century, which marked the descent of the empire from a kingdom of gold to one of iron and rust, according to the 3rd century historian Cassius Dio. Dio depicted Roman's transition from gold to iron, but Daniel was shown Rome only as an iron empire. However, the political iron Rome state would indeed eventually transform and develop to become the second Babylon, the original gold empire. In this ecclesiastical form, the Roman Babylonian system would be royally arrayed in purple and scarlet colour and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, as it says in Revelation 17. Over the centuries, through its inquisitions, persecution of dissenters and heresy trials, the Roman Babylonian system would wear out the saints. It made war with the saints and prevailed against them in Daniel 7, and it became drunken with the blood of the saints and witnesses in Revelation 17. Edward Gibbon singled out this period up to the ascension of Commodus as the happiest in human history. If a man were called to fix the period in the history of the world during which the condition of the human race was most happy and prosperous, he would, without hesitation, Name that which elapsed from the death of Domitian to the ascension of Commodus. The vast extent of the Roman Empire was governed by absolute power under the guidance of virtue and wisdom. The armies were restrained by the firm but gentle hand of four successive emperors whose characters and authority commanded involuntary respect. The forms of the civil administration were carefully preserved by Nerva, Trajan and Hadrian and the Antonines, who delighted in this image of liberty and were pleased with considering themselves as the accountable ministers of the laws. In Revelation 6 verse 3, John is bid, Come and see, by the second of the four living creatures. What John sees is a bright red horse, the rider of which is empowered to overthrow the peace. Blood, the life force of mankind from Leviticus 17, is red. Red is also representative of sin in Isaiah chapter 1. And Esau, a.k.a. Edom or Red, a man covered in red hair, became synonymous with a profane, fleshly lifestyle. Hebrews 12. The word red is from the Greek perhos, meaning fiery or flame-coloured, from which we get pyromania. The arrival of this horse started a fire in the empire which smouldered and burnt almost without interruption in the self-serving ambitions of the men who grasped the title and throne of Caesar. The peace, stability and prosperity of the Pax Romana that pagan Rome had enjoyed during the White Horse Seal period 
abruptly ended in the mad fury of Commodus's reign. The chaos on the throne kindled fear and turmoil, riots and civil war down through every social order. During this time, the Praetorian Guard grew in influence and the realisation of its authority. Its officers enjoyed the luxuries of the Roman palace life and saw themselves as the real power behind the throne. The Senate declared one of their number, Pertinax, as successor to the unlamented Commodus. In his virtue, demeanour and behaviour, Pertinax couldn't have been more different to his predecessor. He tried to redress the outranges of Commodus with mild integrity and embarked on the gradual reform of the powerful military. The Praetorian Guard, however, enjoyed the notion that they were the kingmakers. Rather than being an auxiliary power wielded by the emperor, they thought saw themselves as having actual executive authority, that is, being on top rather than on tap. The Praetorians were not ready to have their newly realised power curbed or even listen to talk of change. This appetite for power cost Pertinax his life. Gibbon records this low point. 86 days after the death of Commodus, a general sedition broke out in the Praetorian camp. Two or three hundred of the most desperate soldiers marched at noonday, with arms in their hands and fury in their looks towards the imperial palace. The gates were thrown open in a secret conspiracy against the life of the two virtuous emperor. On the news of their approach, Pertinax, disdaining either flight or concealment, advanced to meet his assassins, and recalled to their minds his own innocence and the sanctity of their recent oath. For a few moments they stood in silent suspense, ashamed of their atrocious design, and awed by the venerable aspect and majestic firmness of their sovereign, till at length the barbarian of the country of Tongres, Belgium, levelled the first blow against Pertinax, who was instantly dispatched with a multitude of wounds. Increasingly, our society, and particularly our leaders, are driven by fury and anger. We need to avoid anger ourselves and avoid those who are angry. Proverbs 22 says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Brother Mansfield, in his book, The Apocalypse Epitomized, describes the distress that Rome experienced during the time of this seal matches the distress it brought on Christians during the period of the first seal. Meanwhile, Christianity continued to make progress, though the teaching of the heresy was on the increase. The Greek word is makaira, for the great sword, which means dirk or knife. It is a different word to the one used in verse 8, rumphaia, which means a sabre or cutlass. Here it relates to the weapon of the assassin rather than the sword of a soldier. With the Machaira, the emperors eliminated the threats, perceived and real, in their courts and their own families, before they were turned on themselves as they slew one another, in Revelation 6. The palaces, the senate, and courts of Rome were filled with the blood. <laughs>